I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey guys, it's Malls. Thanks so much for listening to Please Advise. Just a quick message before the show. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. It's super helpful for us and super helpful for you. You can also call 323-450-7408 to get your calls on the show. Again, 323-450-7408. Or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thanks so much. Hey everyone, it's episode 166 of Please Advise. Christina, welcome back from New York. How are you? very excited to be back. It's nice, you know, it's weird. I don't know when it happened. This year is actually going to be my 10th year anniversary in LA. It's crazy. Um, It went by crazy fast. I guess that's my 12th. Yeah. That's a long time. And I don't know when the transition happened to like LA, me considering LA being home versus like yeah. New York being my home. Yeah. I think it may have been like four years in. Me too. I was going to say like a lot sooner than 10 years. Yeah. 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 And it's just like Brooklyn itself has gone under such a different transformation that I don't even yeah. recognize it anymore. A lot of parts of it. So it feels foreign. And then like everybody's everything's different now. Like my family's all moved into different spaces. They still mostly live in New York City, but um I don't know, but uh, it was great to be there to see my little nieces. I saw my little two-month niece, and she was like a little blob. She's so cute. cute. 
And then uh, my two and a half year old niece is just like she blows me away with like all the questions that she asks. Yeah. And, like how she knows herself, too. Yeah. Like she I was trying to get her to talk. My mom has like uh, I hooked up my mom with a uh, Alexa dot. Okay. And so I was trying to teach my niece how to talk to Alexa. And yeah. Alexa couldn't understand her at first. Yeah. Just because my niece is a little bit um, mumbly. Just because sure. she's a two, you're a two and a half year old. Yeah. Alexa can't do everything. And so when Alexa wouldn't understand, she would be, and I would tell her to do it again. And she's like, no, I'm shy. <laughs> no. That's like, really cute. I'm just like, try again. Alexa doesn't care. And then sometimes she would be like, Siri. And she would like cover her mouth because she thought she, it was, she, she was like, shy that she or embarrassed that she called the robot by the wrong name <laughs> that's really cute that's really so, cute yeah she's just she's just so funny and she like is not she's so bold yeah and that makes me really happy because like i never wanted her like i hope she never develops like anxiety like social anxiety totally um just because she's just like we saw people doing tai chi in the park and she just went right up and started doing it with them <laughs> that's so cute <laughs> Yeah, that's so. so cute. I mean, she is really like well, like far developed down the line. I realize that Verbally, when I yeah. when I watch my YouTube's, when I see how many kids like they're like five years old, they don't even know their letters. You know what I mean? It's she like knows really, her birthday. It's that's like, amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, we're happy to have you back. It wasn't the same without you. <laughs> and please advise nation. We I'm opening a Coca-Cola. We actually have a guest today. It's Jim Gibson, a return guest. Hi, how are you? Hello, how are you? Good. I'm happy to have you back glad to be back and i'm glad christina's back so can we spill your tea from the apple store oh sure okay so i was talking to jim the other night and i was like started out by just like i guess i was trying to do research for lifetime podcast i went to ask some financial questions about like the economic scape of like milton massachusetts and i was like what does this mean if this is what they make annually versus like what i know about the town versus whatever um why did you go to the apple store for that oh i didn't So, so, um, after like basically like three hours of asking Jim all these questions about the economics of Milton Mass, he finally told me that, um, which was basically just me probably procrastinating because I wound up using none of it in the episode. (laughs) Um, I did find out something very interesting, which is Jim, our friend here is the reason why they have stickers on the front of the glass at the Apple store. Wait, really? (laughs) Really? What happened? Wow. <laughs> this is like, it's actually like kind of horrifying. This is, uh, I guess it was, I want to say 2004 or so. Um, and I, I think the iPods had just come out and it was like a big deal, right? To get the iPods. And I was at the Grove and I was seeing a movie. I forget which one. And I was with my girlfriend at the time. And I went outside to have a cigarette, uh, which I do when a movie's bad. And <laughs> I looked at the display and I see all the iPods up and, and it looks like the store is on. And so I sort of walk up and I walk, you know, in and all of a sudden I just crash straight through into the, into the door. And it was this weird optical illusion because yeah. they had pure glass doors and the way it was lit from within looking like it was still open and people were milling about. It was this weird kind of optical illusion where the door looked like it was open. It was a swinging door. Oh so not only did I just crash right into it i hit it with the bridge of my nose the whole thing shattered this is like inch thick glass easy inch and ah. a half thick glass just hitting it with, and i didn't run i didn't like fall into it with my elbow i was just walking gate hit it with the bridge of my nose the complete thing shatters and then it falls down raining glass down on my head oh right? my and i walked right through into the store right and i'm in complete shock 
And everybody's like looking at me, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like dazed around like, yeah, I think so. And I was really lucky because I was wearing glasses. So no glass got in my eye, but I had like cuts on my head. I had a big scar on my temple. Wow. I broke my nose. And then, and then I'm freaking out and just blood's just like streaming from oh my, my face. Oh my God. And then I have to sort of, thank God I had my cell, you know, cause it was 2004 and not everyone had cells in there. Um, <laughs> I, I text my I was just going to say, I didn't even think about the girlfriend in the movie theater at the time. Like, how did you? Co- yeah, okay. Yeah, it's so weird that I'm like, what movie was it? And what cell oh, phone was, did actually, you have? I do remember the movie. It was that movie, 21 Grams. Oh, yeah. Horrible. Boring. <laughs> yeah. Goddamn movie. That one. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean Penn and it's all ponderous. Isn't and it because like when you die, your body loses 21 grams of blood? I think that was the ostensible. Yeah. They don't really Was it all like it. blue shades? Yeah, it's like, one of those blue shades <laughs> and, and like interlocking like five different stories and and i was just like and what kind of cell phone did you have at the time oh i had a uh, i was rocking i rocked this for a long time like i held out on the smartphone revolution yeah about three years ago yeah so i was rocking a dumb phone and it was one of those Nokia bricks, you know, yeah. the little ones. Oh, that I had love snake, those. The little compact, oh. the blue ones. That was yes. my shit. That, that was, was what I had. Fun. That was and my shit. I finally, I held out. I kept that forever. I yeah. loved it. Um, anyway, someone was talking on Twitter the other day about like the lack of diversity in like cell phones these days. Yeah, like yeah, everybody yeah. just kind you of either has have the like same a thing. droid or an iPhone. Right? And the other thing is, I got, I finally got the iPhone. Oh, partly just you know, for obvious reasons to like function in society. But I held off for a long time because I'm super kind of prone to being a You're computer a addict yeah. and ADD. So I figured like the last thing I need is a computer in my pocket. I'm just going to be like surfing the web all day. And so yeah. I held out for that reason. But then like I could not make phone calls. And like just where I lived, I just could not get a signal. So I assumed I had all to right. upgrade a phone. Upgrade a phone. Same thing. It's just so, AT&T so, blows yeah, yeah, in my yeah. neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. So you crashed Oh, through. so, okay. So I... <laughs> Bust through the glass, right? And I mean, again, we're talking like thick, thick glass. Like, yeah. I guess it's standard at all the Apple stores, I'm assuming. Yeah. And I somehow get a message to my girlfriend because, you know, I guess she answered her phone in the movie and she runs out and says, oh my God, she's freaking out. And I've just got blood pouring on my face and I'm in a complete daze. And uh, they take me over to uh, Cedars, you know, and they um, do an x-ray and all this. And it ended up not being too bad, I guess but they said there definitely was like a fracture on my nose. They loaded me up with a bunch of like Vicodin. So I was in like a Vicodin <laughs> fog for the next like three, four days. Yeah. And um, I went to this guy. My mom said to go to this. Uh, he's like an ear, nose, throat. He did this plastic surgery to see if I needed anything. And he was like, dude, you've got a case. You should sue. And I'm like, I'm not going to sue. But no, you should sue. That's complete liability. If it's not Apple, then the mall because – no way glass should shatter that's a hazard you know yeah and he hooked me up with some personal injury attorney and i felt weird and kind of guilty about it because i felt like a part of me was like yeah fuck them but then part of me was like well that's you know i mean it's i didn't want to be like a, yeah i mean like at the very least if that would happen to me i would want them to pay for my medical well that bills. was the thing i wanted to pay for the medical i wasn't like thinking i won the law and yeah. the good news is, is it's apple like it's not like some mom and yeah. pop shop at, like, although apple Grove, wasn't you know? like apple i mean apple was still apple but apple yeah. was like apple yeah. yeah yeah and um no this guy thought i had a huge case i think he was because the contingency so he was thinking like, oh, you're gonna make like you know quarter mil, and and I was like, I just want the medical paid, and yeah, and and it turned out, um, I forget what happened, but 
I had a thing where I was under my own insurance, and if I had gotten it fixed on my insurance, they could have, and they found out there was a settlement, they could have like kicked me off my insurance. So I held off on doing it, and then my insurance lapsed, and then I finally did get paid, but I didn't get paid nearly as much as I thought because for some reason, it was a weird thing where the uh, x-ray tech at Cedars, for some reason, had taken it upon himself to write on the report, which I don't know why they would do this, and it also wasn't true, that the nose looked previously broken, which how could he tell it was previously broken if it's like all swollen up? Right, right. right. There's an x-ray, there's a break. It's like, and because they had written that, then in the negotiations, they said, well, we don't know that it wasn't a pre-existing thing, yeah. yada, yada, yada. And I got the money, and I didn't get my nose fixed, and I have a deviated septum and <laughs> sleep problems. And the moral of the story is don't spend the money. <laughs> but he's the reason. He's But famous. yeah, that was the thing. So because there was no things up, within a month, all of a sudden, boom, white stickers. Yeah. So like, I literally am the reason why they have the little circular wow. white stickers up on the glass so you can distinguish between... Because they clean it. It's so clean. Yeah. Like, yeah. And we've all, like, I've walked into glass doors before. Have you? No. Oh, my God. I, like, totally would walk in. We had a glass, sliding glass door in our backyard. I've seen it happen. And I oh, guess, yeah. yeah but and I grew never... up with this house that was, like, totally all glass, everything. Yeah. It was, like, glass. I walked into those a million times. Now, that yeah. glass is probably one-eighth the thickness of the glass of the Apple store. I never broke it. Yeah. I was a little kid running around, running, like, bat out of hell. Bam, slamming the glass. Never broke the glass. This glass, I'm telling you, is like as thick as like a book or something. Yeah. And it shattered. Wow. Well, there's like a grade of glass that has to be. I know because I have a glass shower door and like the guy who installed it was a fucking moron. And I remember like leading up to him <laughs> installing it being like, is this going to break on me? And he's like, no, there's a California like regulation of the thickness that like a door or something like that has to be in order for it to be installed, which now I feel a lot safer having it. I don't, I've had it long enough that I feel like if it was, I don't even want to talk about it, God forbid. But um, yeah, there's a regulation and it's pretty thick. It's like, it's like two inch thick glass. And it's tempered a certain way. Yeah. And I guess it was a freak thing that was explained to me. It was equivalent of, if you got like an ice pick or a chisel and a hammer and hit the glass like in a sweet spot yeah. and it just tended to then spider web and go. And for whatever freak reason, that point of impact was the bridge of my nose. Oh my God. Walking at like, you know, two miles an hour, a normal just walking gate. You know? Yeah. And then, and the first thing I'm like, were you on drugs? Were you drunk? I'm like, no. Were you on drugs? Well, I, 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 I was worried the for their ball. liability or something. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah hey, listen, crazy. people can do shrooms and go to the Grove. Sure, but like, would it have mattered? Like, would it have mattered well, when I your nose breaks a glass door? Do a bl- blood test when you go to the emergency room to see if you're fucked up. I think so. So I think if my blood test had shown that like I was drunk, or so say even I had dinner and had a couple drinks at dinner, which that night I hadn't, they could have then said, "Oh, what's your fault? Because you were." You know, drunk yeah or was, inebriated yeah, yeah but even if you're inebriated it's not your fault if you walk into a glass thing and the whole thing breaks on well, you well they exactly. say that you weren't paying attention and so you walked they in tried, sure. like, like the negligence sure on you and but not you're not like okay but just because you're not paying attention doesn't mean the glass should break on you like that's also no, the, exactly that's the ability for it to maybe like maybe actual glass isn't the answer or apple it, maybe it's like a plexiglass or like some sort of thick glass like thing and what i, I was know. told was actually then it was like a weird thing where so apple like i guess i sued apple and settled with apple and then apple actually had their own claim against the owner of the grove because the owner of the grove is the one responsible for how it for fits the, in or facilities under the construction right mm. so i think they then passed the buck on and they were able to sue rick caruso or 
who owns the Americana yeah. and the Grove. He owns both. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Who who is this man? He is the mall king of Southern California. Really? And he, yeah, he owns all those Americana. big. And he's into the ones that making them look like very like old tiny Main Street with the outdoor. Yeah. But it's got this weird. I don't want to say anything offensive, but there's an aesthetic to it that is sort of very mega mansion. Let's put oh, it that yeah, way. no, no, no. Yeah. It's tra- I mean, it's pretty trashy. Yeah. Like, everyone a knows. A lot of the- columns. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's like and that marble faux and- Americana. It's like downtown weird- Disney. Like, it's, it's- no, it's downtown Disney with like a sort of like Orange the- County twist. Mm, I want to say more like, like, little Tehran twist, kind of. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, a lot of the, when you go to Beverly Hills and they do a lot of the, downs and, the yeah. and there's an aesthetic or that Trump kind of aesthetic. Say, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. You know, the columns and marble. And the, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, they do, especially the Americana has like a pretty problematic garage area where it's just like that red carpet. Yeah. Whatever. And it's weird, so it's these weird. weird things of luxury and they have like the concierge at the mall, which I've never seen anyone use. Have yeah. Have you ever seen anyone use the concierge? Uh, at the stuff? Grove, I've, oh no, not the concierge, but I do use the valet at the Grove once oh, in a while because sure, they have an have excellent car wash. Yeah. So like from there, it's 22 bucks. It's not a cheap car wash, but yeah. it's like a full ass detail. And like, there's nothing better than having to go into a place like to return something or like get something obligatory for a present and then just be like but my car is gonna be clean when i get out uh it's a really good feeling and he has them all over and he's got a huge one in i bet they're i was gonna say i bet they're big near the oc and they might be well they aren't they aren't on the scale of the grove of the americana but he has a big uh, i think the calabasas commons is him okay one of the marina he's doing one now this is sad actually although he bought up a, a big bunch of land in Pacific Palisades. Yeah. Pacific Palisades is definitely very, like, hoity-toity shishi now. And it always yeah. kind of was. But it, it, I grew up in L.A. Like, you guys were talking about moving yeah. there 10 years ago in Christina's case, 12 years ago in your case. I It was very kind of small town, homey, kind of rustic Main Street USA yeah. kind of field of the Palisades. Yeah. Before it got kind of mega mansion. Yeah. And there's still this central area that's got all these cute little quaint like mom and pop shops and nice little restaurants. And there used to be like a movie theater and the hardware store that's been there. And he bought everything up in that area and is like tearing all that down and really? going to turn it into like the, one of those faux, you know, marble. It's going to be sad because that was like the last little kind of quaint sliver of like, yeah. Even though it was all like, you know, millionaire trophy wives in the day, like shopping and you know, you know what I mean? It yeah. wasn't like, no, it's, I'm trying to it's picture in a super, it in my head. It's in a super affluent area, but it still had this nice kind of quaint, like 50s, 60s yeah. home feel. I love it out there. I haven't gone to Malibu in so long. I think it's been, like, literally, I think, like, Jackie's wedding was the last time I even this drove This was in the there. Palisades. Oh, where did she get married? Malibu's not the Palisades. Wait, where's the Palisades? Palisades is before Malibu. Like, oh, between yeah, yeah, Santa yeah. Monica and Malibu, it up. In the hills above, like Sunset right, right, Boulevard right, right. and Temescal. Uh, no, Jackie got married in like Topanga or something, but oh. I feel like I had to drive okay. through that area or whatever. But I haven't been out there Topanga's in so beautiful long. Too. I actually have a little, I have an apartment. I have like an Airbnb like the first weekend in July, I think, or the first two days of July. I rented like a tent on the ocean. Oh, really? I don't, yeah, I don't Where know about? what's wrong with me. I think like in Malibu, I don't know the exact, what? 
I just like I have a dream that my 40th birthday is going to be at a house in Malibu that has a kitchen and dining room. That's like the house and something's got to give. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Why you're 40? Nobody has a kitchen like the house and something's got to <laughs> give. That's almost like the joke. I love that joke. house so much. Oh, but the joke in Nancy Myers movies is like it's kitchen porn. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's like you go in there and it's like everything from the Williams Sonoma catalog and like these giant like kitchens that are the size of like a master bedroom with a giant i, I yeah I, I we could probably find some but like wanna, eight like, grand a night airbnb yeah i just like want to rent out yeah for, like the weekend and then have all my friends stay and like that's we fabulous. have like dinner yeah and that's all i want i had a friend who like some white wine fell into like this amazing annual gig that like she you know she would get house sits for this couple every i think it's Labor Day weekend and it's like a huge house and there's just like a massage therapist who works full time downstairs and it's like on staff on call on staff and Good like God. it's just like like perfect and like like a what do they call them infinity hot tub and pool like right that go like right on the ocean and um you feel ed and i went for like a day and i was like this is too nice for me like and i'm not like i you know me i love a fancy moment but it, i was like this is too fancy like this is unreal to think that someone lives this way yeah so and that's then, like, why i would do it upkeep. for my 40th because yeah. I, I want exactly. it to be like personal am- i need the money ambivalent <laughs> yeah about malibu now i mean I just to up, think that people live there, though, like that's her friend's house. I grew like, up out there. Yeah, I mean, I grew up. I went to I went to elementary school there. I went to junior high there. I mean, my parents moved there before I was born. You know? Yeah, and then uh, and then they moved to a different house when I was in high school, and they stayed out there. And we had the house in the family, and we just my brothers. I got I got outvoted. I have two brothers. We just recently sold it, and I'm really sad because yeah. we had a house out there, and I could like go out there, and it was like a nice little place of refuge. And I mean, it's it was. I'm just really mixed about it because there's a lot of memories of my childhood and of my folks, but it was also really nice, just very peaceful. You could hear the ocean, and yeah, you know, and 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 that's gone now. And Is I mean, it a lot of upkeep for you guys though? When it you was, had it? and they were really eager to sell it. And yeah, it's a complicated story, but yeah, but it is always hard with like a family. It was only like about that. a month and a half ago we sold it. So, wow. So I'm still sort of like, oh yeah, I can't go out there anymore. I know that sounds like oh boo boo fucking who no, no, but it's sort of everyone's like, family home. Yeah, like you, you don't know? ever want to. I look up mine on Google Maps sometimes, like just to see it. You know, like the live map. I'll like look at my grandparents' place just because I miss it. Um, and the funny thing is how much it changed because I mean, Malibu, yeah, it's always been Malibu, but, but again, I've lived here long enough, you know, I'm, I just turned 50. So I mean, I'm old as dirt, you know, and, uh, it was actually kind of quaint when I was a kid. That's what I was just going to ask you because it was like, a lot of people with horses, a lot of rustic, you know, does your like, perception of where you grew up change as you get older because you've seen, well, for you, it might be a little bit different, but like, because I've seen like nicer living situations, like when I go back to New York and see the the house that I grew up in, I was like, oh, this is not, this is, <laughs> It was like a little bit like I don't think I would live there now. As a yeah, adult, but it also right? depends it was- on like how the neighborhood and everything changed. Yeah, like, like okay, like you just went to Brooklyn, and obviously, you know they don't do a lot of wholesale, completely tearing down the buildings no, there. They don't. But you can see how everything's gotten all kind of yupped out there, yeah. just yeah. in a very short period of time. That 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 building hasn't yet. But yeah. I anticipate but it'll, the it'll crawl the, over there yeah. soon, but it's still a little bit. And late. with Malibu, I think it comes down to when the people move there. So if, you know, Malibu actually, 
yeah, they always had like Hollywood people and whatnot. And, and my parents were in the movie industry, but there was actually like a huge aerospace plant out there in the 60s. So a lot of, there was actually a lot of people who I guess you'd consider maybe like now they'd probably be more, but at the time, let's call say upper middle class, say, right. Yeah. And they actually were just smart enough to have bought a house out there in the fifties or in the early sixties or something. And they worked in like aerospace. It wasn't anything super glamorous and, but they owned a house on the beach. Right. And so I went to school with these kids who like had beach houses, but their parents weren't like super wealthy or well to do. They were kind of like house rich and cash poor, so to speak. Yeah. And and they just owned the house and they stayed in the house. And then eventually what happened over time is all those people either had too much incentive to sell because someone wanted to buy it or they, right. they die and the kids want to sell it, you know, and, and that's where it all changed. So that's where like in the last, 20 years it's sort of become the Hamptons on steroids mm. you know and the same thing there aren't any little like mom and pop shops because they all got priced out for the rent so everything now is like you know these little like boutiques that sell like $200 t-shirts to like you know to like Beverly Hills housewives who come out like on the right. weekends and or people that only come out on the weekends and there isn't even like a like there used to be a hardware store no you have to drive over the hill to the valley get a hardware yeah. store you know like little things you can't do because but there's 8 million boutiques where you can buy a $200 fucking t-shirt, you, yeah. Know? Yeah. you know? And so it's changed. Well, I also imagine way. like Calabasas has changed quite a bit. Oh my God. Calabasas has totally yeah. changed. I lay that all on the Kardashians feet, you know, because <laughs> they made it seem like really clam. And, yeah. I mean, Kim uh, does talk about it on an episode where they're like remembering their dad or something. And she's like, yeah, you know, people like back and like, she's like genuinely talking with her sisters about sort of like the history of, like where they live and where they are now. And uh, she was like, yeah, everyone thought we were poor. Like the Kardashians moved out to Hidden Hills. And like, I guess it was like, you know, when they first moved there, it really was sort of like, what is this weird area? It was here? That area was always about people who were equestrians. So people would move there because, well, A, they, they had a good school district. So a lot of people would go there for like a nice suburban thing for their kids. But Calabasas and Hidden Hills was like, when I was a younger it was all horse people you know and because you had enough room to have stables and yeah. they could have the rings and 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 not horse people like in a like a super snooty like doing you know dressage way just yeah. people with that kind of western ranch just love horses yeah and they could have a whole big bunch of horses spaces. and big open spaces yeah and, you know and yeah there was a little, malibu had a lot of horse people too but it was like really chill they would just like ride their horse on the beach and stuff yeah and like you know and yeah, it's, it is weird to think about, like, I randomly do know people that have horses in L.A., and I'm just like, that's so strange to me. Like, that's such an expensive, like, hobby. I don't know how someone, really like... It's really expensive. My stepsister's so into it. Yeah. My, bro my brother, too. Well, God bless him. You know, he's, he supports her, her horse habit, let's put it yeah. that way. She actually does dressage and all that. Yeah. And she's, like, fallen and had, like concussions like so she's, oh she's yeah. falling like and have like five concussions and she insists on keep doing it you know but yeah but i guess she stables her horse up out somewhere near like agora or something yeah you know yeah they have a lot more room out there that makes she doesn't live out there but she stays yeah yeah up, yeah i know yeah, of course that's where you got to keep your horses man you got to keep them separate but but just as a general thing and not just in malibu or the west side but just all of los angeles and i've noticed it's been happening at like an exponential clip Everything you remember from younger, like, oh, that little neighborhood place, or, oh, that little place you have affection, right. all gone. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. I was, I've been telling people lately that, like, what I've seen, what I'm seeing happening in Los Angeles reminds me of what I saw 
uh, in Brooklyn when I yeah. was leaving. Yeah. yeah. And it's just Massachusetts so fast. that way too. Like Lexington, my, the town I grew up in, the stores can't stay there for more than three years. Like they just turn over really fast. And it's, I don't, I don't think like one thing I remember from growing up is. Yeah. And there. then what happens is the only thing that can afford to move in is a big chain store because they can withstand the seasonal ups and downs. Cause if you have like a hundred branches, you, you know, you can weather like a bad Christmas. Whereas yeah. if you're like one store, you're screwed. That right? also affects like apartment, the cost of apartments. Oh, yeah. Like LA used to be decently affordable for like, I don't know. You could be a young person and York, find a place yeah. somewhere Compared to and New York. scrape by. And I don't know how, how anyone young does it now. Yeah, they have like super wealthy parents. Yeah, and that's just even the last ten years that changed. My first apartment was a one bedroom. It was granted it was a Koreatown, like before Koreatown any sort of come up or whatever. And I think my yeah, it was twelve hundred or something, which is like not that bad. Now it'd be like no. two thousand. Yeah, for my a boyfriend and I each paid like six hundred yeah. or something, which was like crippling to me at the time. It was like so much money, but. Yeah. Yeah, no, everyone's paying like nine hundred bucks a month. It's too much. Um, okay, oh, I would say even eleven hundred. I mean, like kids moving here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I would say right. even eleven hundred or, or twelve. And then you see like just waves for, like, of gentrification. Like, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Well, for studios, yeah. Oh my god, my studio at Glendale was so expensive, or my loft at Glendale was so expensive. I couldn't believe how much it was. It was like I won't even say. But we should take our phone calls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do that. Hi, malls, Christina, and guests. I have a little question about a work issue. Um, so basically, here's what's happened in the past couple of weeks. Um, well, really, I'll start in the last year. Um, I started a new job, and I really did, like, love what I was doing. Um, I worked really hard, but um, the job was really interesting, so I didn't really mind it. But my supervisor and I just never really saw eye to eye. We had a lot of conflict. Um, it was just it was never going to work out between the two of us. And, like, um, there was only two people in my office, not including my supervisor. She kind of worked outside the office but was in the office a lot. And um, that second person in the other position, um, it was, like, a revolving door. No one could stay, always because of conflict with this woman. Um, I, like, refused to leave because I was, like, I'm not going to get bullied out of my job by this lady. Um, But eventually we just hit, like, a really bad day a few weeks ago. And um, she went to HR. I went to HR on the same day and basically said, like, I want to get moved. I can't work with her. And I also, like, I, but I don't want to have to, like, leave the company. So I got moved. Um, I and am in a very easy department right now. I basically essentially feel kind of like a demotion, but I didn't lose, like, any of my pay and I didn't lose any of my benefits. I'm working with a lot of, like, young people, like, people a decade younger than me, and I'm not that old. Um, So I guess my question is, like, what would you do or what do you think I should do? Um, I'm just, I'm used to having so much responsibility, and so now my days are, they're kind of running longer just because I'm not doing as much. But at the same time, I'm like, should I enjoy this? I am finally leaving work on time. I don't have, like, any extra pressure on me. It's really, like, I go into work, I do mindless stuff, and then I leave. And, again, like I said, I didn't lose any money in this. Um, And so should I just enjoy this? I get to, like, listen to podcasts at work again. I get to wear my headphones. I'm really separated from the rest of the company. Um, So should I just enjoy this break, or should I start looking for something else, or should I – 
SHR to move me for some somewhere where I'm more challenged or where I'm, you know, I don't know, using my skills. I don't know. I guess I don't know what to do because it's just a weird position. And part of me is afraid that the company is going to think I was moved because, like, of my skills. And then I'm like, who cares what anyone thinks? I don't know. I guess I don't know what to do. Please advise. First of all, it's like Mad Men in here. Like the three of us are chain smoking cigarettes around the desk while we're I know, recording. I this. want a scotch. I know. I literally am like, should I go get some wine? Like, what are we doing? Um, no, but here's the deal. Um, you're fine. Just I would not go to HR and ask for another new job like anytime soon. I really would give it like six months if I were you. And if that like, I mean, I'm sitting here going like, what's your problem? Like I looked at Christina. I go, what's her problem? Like. Oh, don't Ash, oh. here, Ash. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, because like that's my dream is like literally just having a job that I could show up to, reliably get a paycheck, listen to podcasts. Like, it sounds like you're asking a little too much of the, the dynamics in your workplace. Like, obviously, you and the first boss, there was like a, there was a problem, right? It wasn't gonna last, which. I would argue like, you know, you kind of have to learn how to deal with that stuff because there's going to be a really mm-hmm. a likable person at every job. Every job has that person. It's also like your boss could move up and you get a different boss. And exactly. like you're not going to reliably report to the same person or even like have them even have – this happens a lot in the corporate world where like the person who supervises you doesn't know how to do your job. Right. And you just have to deal with it. Right. And so we didn't observe that lesson. We didn't take this away from that. So you're in a new place. And I'm going to tell you if like – if you go to HR again and request another job, it's going to appear that the problem is you. Yeah, you've got kind of like one get out of jail free card with yeah. HR. Yeah, like you, got really, you got really lucky to re- be to still have a job and like be relocated to. A Not that you apartment. did anything wrong. I mean, no. I have a slightly different take on this, and I guess a lot of it depends. I do there's, too. There's context that we couldn't really suss out from your call. So it depends on, are you passionate about this career path? Is it a company that ordinarily you would really like to be involved with or like a thing you view as a stepping stone? Are you really ambitious? Do you want to move forward? How do you want to, do you want to advance within this company or within this field? Right. And so in that case, what you're going through sucks because you can have an asshole as a supervisor and then you're basically cock blocked in your advancement. And then it becomes like, and sometimes a lot of HR places, just automatically side with the supervisor oh, so yeah. and they assume yeah. and they, they assume the lower ranking person is screwed. Being Honestly, she yeah. must have really she must have really laid it down at HR that there was a problem between you to the point that they were probably scared that like she like yeah, or she I honestly case. that's kind of what you have to exactly, do. Exactly. And like, then it depends. So in the department you got switched to, like on one hand, cool, you've got a job you can show up to and like you can be a little more chill and you don't have someone breathing down your neck and you can listen to podcasts, but that's, that's so fucking ideal. Well, it's ideal, like, but it's an ideal job. forever. Yeah, But if she's like a type gonna... a Lisa Simpson type, like yeah. that's like a death sentence. So like, I think you can do it. One of two things. Yeah. You can one, see if you can get see, yourself. Sorry. Yeah. My, I should say my assumption is always that no one's very passionate about their day job and that their real passion happens outside of work. Yeah. So that's, that's what that was going to be my second option. Yeah. So, the first option I would say is try to find try to find a way to insert yourself in more projects and be more helpful to your team members and yep. take take on more larger projects or try to brainstorm things that you can do for the company to make yourself busy. The second thing I would advise you to do is that so you have a lot of free time at your day job and your day job is not 
your passion, find out what your passion is right. and develop a side hustle and maybe try to work in a couple of your side hustle projects into your day job if you want to. Yeah, I that's the thing. I mean, if you want to advance within the day job, then I can understand the frustration. Then you have to find a new useful role for yourself within that company or start looking elsewhere. But you can't go to HR again because they already kind of gave you, like we said, the one golden ticket already. But if you've got other things and this is just a way for you to earn money, then it doesn't really matter. Right. Yeah. But I was at a place once where there was this nightmare supervisor and a couple people reported to her and she was a terror, verbally abusive, really mean, petty, would would like purposely like screw up people's weekends by like giving them extra work, screaming them. And everyone knew it and it was just sort of tolerated. And yeah. they just said, Oh, well, we'll just let her be her because that's the way she is. And finally, actually, there was one woman who worked at the company who actually went and filed a report and then one day it was kind of this weird comeuppance. This vice president had a complete fucking meltdown where she screamed at this girl, threw a trash can at her head, Jesus. like called her every four letter word in the book. And she marched into the head of the company and said, Hey, I already have reported this once. It's happened twice now. Yeah. And now you're, I have to inform you you're legally liable. And they actually had to march out the vice president and she got fired that day because then they could have been sued. Because it's kind of like with a police report. If you right. said, if you had, you know, and I don't want to use the, you know, like domestic no, violence. No, anything but, that is. But no, no, but it's the thing. On record. What happens a lot of time with domestic violence cases, tragically, is a lot of times the woman doesn't call the police the first time. So right. when she calls, no they say, trail. we don't have a paper trail. But if you called once and then it happens a second time, then the guy's toast. Right. And you don't even sometimes you don't even have to file a HR just as long as you make memos to yourself of things that happened that day and you send it to yourself an email. And that's also a paper. Or trail. if you just yeah formally complained once, then the second time now it's on them. And now the company actually takes on liability. Yeah. So if you really I a guess a company a- that I used to work for, like they would skirt around a lot of issues. The managers would skirt around a lot of issues by picking up the phone and calling you. Right. Versus like responding to something yeah, in an email. Because they don't want it to be formal. Yeah. But uh, so I guess what I'm trying to say Machiavellianly is that if you actually want to really like screw over the supervisor, now that you've documented it once, if she ever crosses your path or does something again and it happens a second time or wait for something big enough that you can go to them and say, look, now you've got a problem. This has happened a couple of times. It's been reported more than once. You've been warned. You've had forewarning. Yeah. And maybe you'll get your wish and she'll be shit canned and you'll move yeah. on But ultimately, up. <laughs> it's like you have the mental space now to figure out something that you might be passionate about and maybe pursue that um, since you're not finding, finding your fulfillment in your day job, which is really common for a lot of people. Yeah, it is. There's also one element that I want to point out too, which is like that article that was going around recently. I don't remember who printed it, but it's like kind of an idea that I've been seeing and I hadn't really seen like put somewhere. And then I was like, yes, I'm right. Uh, <laughs> which is that millennials are um, not, are kind of like fucking themselves on their resume a little bit because what outside wags? Oh, you're old. You can't jump up there. You could do that. Come on. You got it. Come on, Wags. <laughs> Are you afraid of that pole? Why aren't you? Okay. Wags is uh, horrible. Wags is the best. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully. I think he's more tame today than in recent episodes. Yeah. He's just been going buck wild at the end of episodes recently. But millennials are having a harder time with resume building now because like, they tend to get like a job at Let's say their dream company. Let's say their dream company is like Crayola, right? And they yeah. start out, they want to be the person that like makes the colors. But they start out as like the 
junior executive to someone in that department. And they're like, well, I have a job at my dream place, but it's not what I wanted. This isn't what I thought it would be. And so they quit that job and go look for another. Whereas like, I feel like when I graduated college, I was very clear on the fact that I was probably going to get an assistant job. And it was not going to be, it was going to be at a company where maybe I liked their ideas, but it wasn't going to be my final destination. And that I think that is true is that people tend yeah, to Yeah, you don't want a lot of lateral quickly. moves. You yeah. want something where the job parlays into the next. And even if it's not at the same company, it's like, you know, you go to another company. Okay, you've been assistant enough. You work for this person. You obviously know the ropes. We'll take a chance on you as a, you know, junior exec or something. So, yeah. yeah you want to kind of be zigzagging upward. My question to her is like, one, consider what level you're on and how long you will be there for. If there's like pl- space for you to move up. Yeah, there's a future the goal there. for you is to move up. Yeah. And if this is like you're the head of your department and you're a new department, you don't like that either, then, yeah, maybe – I think the tech industry and the new corporate industry has set a really unrealistic precedent for people to get promoted. Yeah. And so you find out like people who work at smaller tech companies are like the director of a department at like 24. Yeah. And so when you go to work for traditional corporations, that track isn't necessarily as fast and people get disenchanted with it. You have to, you have to be patient. But at the same time, there's that balance because you don't want to, Sort of find, oh, I spent like five years doing the same thing in a field I don't really like, and now what? And you kind of missed your opportunities. So it, it's, you know, it's, it's, you kind of have to keep one eye on what you really want and what your goals are. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. I'm yeah. with you on that. I'm with you on that. Well, girl, let us know what happens. 323 But as far as like work problems could go, like this is one of the better ones we ever get. It's yeah. something that someone already has a job, you know? So, um keep going and thanks for listening to our podcast when you're at work (laughs) (laughs) hi guys um all of christina wags and whoever is the guest um i have a question about uh the wake of the kind of like climate in hollywood after the me too movement um like it seems like things have kind of calmed down you guys know a lot more about all that stuff than I do, though. Is there still things kind of, like, happening? Do you think there's going to be any more um, outings and then, like, involving the whole uh, Corey Feldman stuff? Do you think he'll ever, like, reveal officially out in the open or get justice for the people who um, abused him and back back then and all that kind of stuff and then uh, any other kind of like com- conversations or um conspiracies about um you know the child pedophilia stuff with like the there's that Nickelodeon uh producer guy when uh, somebody posted about it in the, the page the um the Facebook page uh sorry I'm kind of like rambling um but yeah, thoughts on that, I guess. Great. Thanks, guys. Well, I will say also, because this is the business that I like to work in, uh, that I also feel like a little bit hesitant sometimes commenting on this stuff as much as I could because uh, for the same reason that I think a lot of people didn't step forward for a long time, which is like if you step in shit, you're kind of like, you know, like that could affect 
your career your career yeah think thanks for saying that because i'm like dancing around it but i don't yeah i just like i would yeah so uh, this is what i'll say about the Corey feldman thing because i'd like to address that because that's a more like immediate interest to me right now and then i feel like that's a really big thing that's been going on for so fucking long and all of this has but this is something that like people really got distracted from really quickly and it is a big deal because i think like there's an exact there's a direct correlation between a lot of these like the fragility we see in like young child stars like if they ever make it to the other side of like becoming an adult actor that fragility period that we see or that period where they just fucking fall off altogether and i think it's because it's a really um toxic industry for like especially for young kids with feldman i feel like they and by they i probably mean like some greater entity that's working against everyone they've done a good job of making sure that like the spokesperson for standing up for this stuff is someone who was widely viewed as crazy um he's like easily dismissed you know and Corey feldman like because of that like he's not it's it sucks for him because he's he's the, trying to do something very brave and something that no one else is willing to touch on, but he unfortunately again he like is la- labeled crazy. Um, and so it's like kind of if I was like the ch- the child molester, I'd be like great, like that's great, that's perfect. Like Feldman is the one stepping out against us. No, yeah, big deal. I mean they rely on the like after effects of like what happened to these kids. Yeah, being detrimental to their credibility. And and again, if Corey Feldman actually went through what it's rumored he went through, my heart goes out to him and I have nothing. But I sympathy. believe he did. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. But, and it's a weird, but he's been kind of cagey about it because he seems to be at this point, it would seem like he literally has nothing lose, nothing to lose by actually naming names now. Well, no, there's, there's like a, um, <clears throat> It's like $1.4 million like NDA or something settlement or something that's standing in between him and saying who did this. And that's why he said, I want to write like a fictionalized version version of it. But like I can't at this point say because like there's there's some sort of liability and I forget exactly what it was. But, but if it, you say it and you've got smoking gun proof, let them come after you for the NDA. Because at that point, if someone actually was a big person that actually molested you and you have some kind of proof or got them to admit it. You know, fine. Let them sue me. Well, my you know what I mean? Is, it's like, it's like, I also want to keep in mind, like, everything that we found out from based on the reporting that Harvey Weinstein did to keep his victims silent yeah. to the point where, like, they were being spied on. Oh, no, I'm not they saying, were, you know, like, so he's making it up. I don't know. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, like, there are a lot of repercussions or a lot of things that they, whomever might be right. coming after him to do to silence him and people around him, like going after his family, going yeah, after, true. you know, I'll, you know. I'll, I'll point out. Okay. So I've been re- listening to this book called Conspiracy Peter Thiel, Hulk Hogan, Gawker in the Anatomy of Intrigue. It's by Ryan Holiday and it's really good. And it's basically about how Peter Thiel set out in this, like, kind of 10 year plan of fuck up Gawker and he successfully yeah. did it. Um, but it was like a 10 year plan and he came came in with like you know hundreds of millions of dollars he had a two million two hundred million dollar budget basically to end gawker um and that's you know that's what he used so my thing is like when i look at something like that and i'm like you literally want to take down gawker because there even though there's a million other websites on the internet that basically do what gawker does at this point you want to take them down because of a personal vendetta with them yet like 1.4 million dollars is on the other side of like this entire pedophile ring basically being busted and you don't want to lend money to that like i think it's very weird what people give such large subs of money to like 
Why not just like give Corey Feldman his one point five million dollars? Well, well, that's my point. Was I think yeah. that if he actually did it and it came out and he had a smoking gun and said X person molested me, and now that person tried to sue them, that person is going to be in such deep shit for trying to enforce it. Also, right. at that point, then you do can, can Kickstarter. It's like the way that with the Stormy Daniels thing in the early stages, it was like I can't say anything because I signed an NDA, and then like in two days. She had the funds raised that would have paid like three times over whatever fee she would have had to pay to Trump. Yeah. At that point, it's like, okay, come after me for the money. I don't give a shit. Yeah. So I think if something as serious as molestation, I don't necessarily buy that it's just, oh, I signed an NDA and I'm afraid they're going to come after me. Because, yeah, a year ago, yeah. But in this climate now yeah, and with how fast people are being taken down, rightfully so, when stuff comes out, I think you kind of at this point have to kind of put your cards on the table. Yeah. I think there might be some other factors at play that we're not aware of. But overall... I mean, it is kind of well-known. There is a documentary that floats around online. It's often taken down on YouTube, but then someone else puts it back up. It's called An Open Secret. And it basically goes through, like, you know, the Brian Singers of the world, like the people that are kind of like notoriously, you know, whispered about slash people know what's up. And... um it's something we're checking out. And I think that, you know, basically the person who Heyman Feldman have been talking about has already been uh, kind of named indirectly from like what I understand. Allegedly, there was like a club that was big for kids in the 80s and early 90s. It was like a nightclub for kid actors. It was called like the Soda Pop Club. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh <clears throat> Apparently, like, you know, I mean, that's a pedophile's dream is to set up a club filled with young actors that would, you know, they'd have it was the New York Club Soda People, um, which is like crazy because I grew up drinking that stuff, too. So to see like the big correlation, I was like, fuck, yeah, that timeline all adds up. Oh, yeah. Um, and in the case of the Kevin Spacey thing, I had heard that story oh, in detail 20 years. No, the exact story yeah. 20 years ago. And Anthony Rapp, the actor, was very brave to have come out and finally said it. Uh, a buddy of mine went to Juilliard with him and he, wow. I guess, had told a couple of his friends. And my friend told me that story 20 years ago in detail. Wow. That when Anthony Rapp was 14 doing a play with a Spacey, like Spacey, like picked him up and threw him over his shoulder and took him to a bedroom. And, and I mean, I, I knew that 20 years ago. I'm like, that, this is a bad guy. Yeah. You know? And, and I'm glad it finally came out and it took a lot of bravery for him to do that. Yeah. You know? And, and I think that, that the was consequences kind of before, were immediate, thank God. Yeah. You know, Kevin Spacey, like, boom, his career's over. And yeah. Rightly so. And that was like before his career kind of, like, peaked. Where he no, was he was making, just a theater actor then. Yeah. He wasn't a big movie actor at And that then, like, point. he, of course, he continues on to, like, go. Like, I mean, he was one of the biggest movie stars of my childhood. I feel like all of my favorite movies were Kevin Spacey movies. Yeah. Like, you know, so it's really I don't know. Um, as but, far as it's stopping or it, like, slowing yeah, down. Yeah, you're more general. I yeah, we're not hearing think? about it every day, but Morgan well, Freeman was just named, so people I think will continue to get named. Um, and yeah, I think there's two levels to it because I think there's the in there's the immediate one of the media, and like the media will latch onto a story for a while, but the media is often like a kid with ADD, and they'll get yeah. tired of it after about three weeks or something. And so at some point, they're, they're going to get kind of numb to this, like weekly revelation of new people and I'll move on to something else. What's more important is does it change things institutionally? Yeah. And I think it is actually having an effect. I think I it's kind of set a shot across the bow that like certain kinds of behavior aren't going to be tolerated that now there is recourse and there is a place for people who actually have been abused yeah. or mistreated to go and air their concerns. And a lot of companies, cause it really comes down to the bottom line. Yeah. A lot of studios and stuff are like, realize 
that if they let this stuff go unchecked and turn turn the other cheek or something, they actually can be liable and it hits them in their pocketbooks. Yeah. So that's why they immediately cancel the show, fire the person, because they don't want to be on the hook, you know? The dialogue that has been like kind of bumming me out, though, that's weird. And I, and I don't think it's a permanent thing. I just think it's like growing pains. But like it appears that everyone's just like kind of like trepidatious now. Like they're moving around like, I don't want to get me too. Like I, and it's like. Well, then just act right. Like yeah. the good news is, is that you don't have to change who you are if you were acting right. And if you're not, if you don't act right, you're not going to get me too. Well, and you this know? is a little controversial, but there are shades of gray. You know, like for example, that girl who wrote that essay about a bad date with Aziz Ansari. Oh, I totally and, did not and think that like, was a bad date. I thought that was really like bad. Well, I think he was sleazy. I think he was probably kind of a scumbag but i don't think that's on the same level as like the harvey weinstein stuff no and but so i think, I think there good... needs to be i'm not excusing bad behavior but i think there it isn't always straight binary black and white there are no, like multiple shades that was more about a power dynamic like yeah. it's not it's not like you know harvey weinstein like basically being like sleep with me or you're never gonna work again but it is sort of like you know hollywood has the unique distinction of i mean i would say outside of like flashy tech like outside of like i work at uber or something it has like this unique distinction of being this like just this like upper hand around the world like right. everyone respects hollywood but you can be like a kind of sleazy guy and a lech and that doesn't necessarily make you like public enemy number one on the level of some of these real guys that like really need to be taken no, out but like you know? and that's why i think and it's like, sticky a single hashtag me too is a little bit like difficult because no it's not it's not equating the two but i think it's like toxic male behavior like i'm a, oh, yeah. you know yeah. i think it's like i'm a victim of toxic male behavior like and this is all the ways it shows up yeah but like i did read that article and think to myself like yeah, that's like horrific. And I would feel like I see how you get into that place. Like part of you is like, I want to hang around longer. But part of you, you know, like I want to hang around longer and see what it's like to like watch TV with a celebrity or like do whatever. Like what what kind of music is he going to put on? But it's another thing to like then be in the situation where you've repeatedly said no. And like, I don't know, like it, it left me feeling super uncomfortable. Oh, it, feel... it was definitely like a, you read that article and you kind of wanted to take a shower after it or something. It was yeah, but because it, it's worse than just like. But I don't know that that yeah. his transgression was enough that he should be like blackballed from ever working in Hollywood. Again. Well, I don't I mean, think it's affecting him at all, if yeah. I have to say honestly. People get into this with, um, sorry, who's that senator who used to be in? Al Franken. Oh, yeah. yeah. And people are mad that he had to resign over that because they don't think necessarily it was as bad it as it was, right. as it could have been, but and there's actually I mean, some it was talk still, that was kind of a setup in some ways. I know, but the but same thing is that if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna, if you're part of a certain party and you're going to point sides, you may have to make sure that your side of the street. Oh is yeah, clean. yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. And yeah. unfortunately, what happens, I mean, on the political realm, is the Democrats are the actually. If you look at the people who've been taken down politically, it's the Democrats who've been taken down because. Just what you said. They've got to be cleaner than clean. The Republicans, the thing they have going for them is they don't have any shame. So they're like, right. yeah, so? Yeah. Whatever. You know, yeah, like the, the right. child molesting judge, you know, Roy Moore that was running. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, so what? And he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> You're right. And You're so right. They, you can't, certain people well, you I mean, can't people shame. Well, I mean, people didn't vote for him. And that was the result right. of that. But with but like, Franken, No, it's true. It's that, like with liberals, it's like they break into a sweat because it's like, well, this goes against everything. Whereas Republicans are typically a, a bit more pers- uh, 
permissive of what is universally considered bad behavior, yeah. like whether it be defending certain kind of gun laws to, you know, our president is a sexual predator and they put him in there knowing that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a power in just not giving a fuck. And, and, and it's, I think that's one of the, the secrets of the Trump administration is that whatever. And I they're wanna, just brash. I want to get partisan. It's brash. It's, it's on any given week. There are like 10 things happening in that administration yeah. that any single one of them in any other presidency would have been enough to take down the presidency, have ma- have massive resignations, or have it be the story that like the media would harp on for three months straight. Yeah. Right? And with him, they're so numb to it that it's just like, yeah, so what? Yeah, so my EPA guy's corrupt. Big deal. You know? <laughs> that letter <laughs> Move thing on. was incredible yeah. <laughs> yesterday, know? by the way. The letter thing that, that uh, Kim Jong-un came to the White House that gave him an envelope and it that was, was like, like gigantic. It was like six feet long. But like, here's the thing, right? Like, and I think that no one pointed this out. First of all, Trump lied about having read the letter before the press conference. It's like a very incredible. nice letter. <laughs> I haven't read it, but very nice. <laughs> no, the best part was, goes, boy, would you like to know what's in that letter? <laughs> <It was laughs> <laughs> okay, like do do you know? No, no idea. Um, it but, looked to me like you know when you go to Seven Eleven on Valentine's Day and they, and have, they those, have those, like, big, those six yeah. foot cards, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I once as a joke, I used to sell at Trader Joe this like forty pound brick of chocolate. Yeah. And so as a joke from my girlfriend one year, I got one of those like giant cards and like attached it to the forty pound brick of chocolate. So it was like this, you know, Gulliver's Travel size, like Valentine's that's Day. Hilarious. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, I never thought of Gulliver's Travels in so long. That's what it looked like. The letter he's holding up. Was, yeah, but you well, know, what? I think but, like, it's actually just a sheet of paper. I think yeah. it's just unfolded paper, right? That's why it was big like, or like that. Like the publishers clearing out checks. Well, you, you know? know what? The thing back to Hollywood is that this needed to happen because I feel like Hollywood so often pats itself on the back for its progressivism. Oh, that, yeah. that it's oh, yeah. all smoke and oh, mirrors, yeah. to be honest. No, and I, you know what? People should be a little scared. And it's like you said, like it's like you don't have anything to scare, be scared of if you're not like serially harassing women. Right. You know, so it's not like, Oh, like I don't know how to behave anymore. It's like, just behave right. Just be- act the way that you're supposed to act at work. Yeah. Like, so I you think it's like fundamentally changed the industry. I think that like right now, I think, unfortunately, I think right now we're, I don't think it's fundamental. I think no. like right now it's like, I think maybe in 10 years it'll be different. And right now people there's who are a focus up- on the actual scalps, but I think the scalps are less important than the institutional changes because there can be certain scalps that go. And then there's a tendency to say, Oh, look, we, you know, X guy, Y guy, Z guy resigned. Hey, there's no problem anymore anymore and the problem is way deeper than that and it's much bigger than what individual guys get outed it's more about the structures behavioral. that kept them in there yeah, in yeah, the first place exactly. yeah so i mean i would say right now what i've mostly ner- noticed is like nervousness which is good you should be nervous nervous is a sign that like something is happening yeah, because people are uncomfortable yeah. um but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's tough because I don't. I mean, I don't think any of us here at this table consider us ourselves like a spokesperson for this movement, and are also like super aware of all the different levels and layers that are in there. So, like, I could never speak to this comprehensively, but like, those are kind of my. And I witnessed a lot of the. I guess you know it would be called like old school behavior, but I had bosses who would like you know grope, you know, pinch the ass oh, of the secretary, sure. and like you know, I worked at a studio, and I had a studio where like every day, like like literally grope the receptionist and like yeah. smile and laugh about it like ha 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 and yeah. you know and you could tell she was like kind of freaked out about it and she was like 21 and he's like this big fat like 50 yeah. something guy with a cigar and he was just like you know and and, and this is in the the early 90s you know yeah. it wasn't madman era i'm not that old but that was just tolerated and yeah. i mean it was disgusting 
Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, and, and people I are just, yeah. yeah. If anything, I feel people are, like, less physical a lot of the times now. It's more just, like, really inappropriate remarks. That's what I've noticed yeah. the most is just, like, inappropriate remarks that, like, looking back on some of the things that, like, I mean, I've had a couple of things that I look back on and I'm just like, I can't believe I thought that was okay. Like for someone to say that to me or like I was so young that I didn't even. Well, or that you laughed it off. Oh, you laughed it off is the big one. Yeah. They, they prey on, especially with younger women, it being, oh, you're making too big a deal about it. Oh, that's not what I meant. It was just a joke. Come on, like have a sense of humor. And it's sort, sort of a form of gaslighting to sort right. of make you uh. think that if you then bring up a problem, oh, you're the one with the problem. You're obviously too sensitive. Right. You're not going to work out in this environment. I need people that I can be comfortable around. They count yada, on yada. you not knowing. Yeah. yeah. They, they count on you feeling bad about actually asserting defending and yourself about it. yeah. and it's also just like yeah. language that goes around which is just that like oh no one goes to hr like you know what i mean even just like planting that seed in everyone's ear like very early on it's just like kind of sets a precedent of like oh i really can't use this tool yeah we have to sit through these sexual harassment seminars every year but like i can't actually use this tool yeah exactly and a lot of it's for show and yeah, yeah. it's 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 messy so i guess a uh, long way roundabout way to answer your question i guess it's a work in progress i think yeah. it is changing but i don't think i don't think we're near anywhere near a resolution yet i won't meet to you christina okay but i will i will beat you wags okay we have a text message letter you said basically someone texted us a small letter I hope they were drunk i don't know if they were okay Hi, please advise, crew. I don't have time to call before work, but I need advice. I have a crush on one of my really good friends, but I know she will never be interested in me. I'm not her type. How can I get over my crush while still saying friends with my friend? Please help. So I wrote back to this person because I was like, what is your, where are you from? Give us more info. Wait, but also, what was like, the first part? Sorry. Oh, uh, I started laughing at my friend's. Oh, okay. He has a crush on one of his best friends. Was it a he or is it a she? We don't know. That's the thing. So, like, because the the she on the she, like, changes the dynamic of it a little bit. It doesn't, though. Yes, it doesn't. It doesn't. But it's like, that's a very common thing. Stakes seem higher. Stakes, I think the stakes are a little bit higher if your friend is straight and you're, you know, questioning. Yeah. Happy Pride Month, by the way. Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Month, everyone. That was it. That was the whole question. So then you wrote back to her. No, and we haven't gotten a response, so I don't know what this person's gender is or anything like that. But this is a common issue that happens, I think. When we call their phone number, this happens all the time to everybody, I think. Yeah. So, how can they get over their crush while still saying friends with their friend? Honestly, I don't know, but I will say that it's a fucking bummer for all parties involved because, like, I've been really fucking disappointed to find out that someone I thought was like just my friend for being my friend's sake was like romantically interested. It's like crushed me, crushed me. Do you, so, okay, so wait, I want to unpack this a little bit. Yeah. Do you think they became your friend because they were feeling things for you, or do you think the feelings developed after they started being friends? Can't with be you? sure. Can't because I sure. think those are two completely well, I think there's different a key things. Words. What you said is you said just because they're feeling romantic. Because I'll tell right. you from my own personal experience, I have 
I would say a great number of my female friends I was at one point romantically interested in, but I was able to kind of like read the room early right, on and go, right. yeah, this ain't going to happen. But I wasn't only hanging out with them because like I wanted to get into their pants or something. Same you know? thing with me. So it was yeah. like, so I, so at a certain point I was like, yeah, this ain't going to happen. And I really like this person and then I'm great friends with them to this day. Yeah. And maybe it started with me having a crush on them, but I mean, you, you know, it's it's a two way street. It's got to be reciprocal. And if the other person isn't into it, so yeah. all, all you can do, I would say to this person is, have you made your feelings known? If you've made them known, and she has said, yeah, not interested. Read the room. Yeah. Then read the room. Let it go, and then maintain your friendship. And the way you maintain your friendship is by not pursuing it, it after can be she hard told you to no. Ask directly though, and I feel oh, like no, it's, that's terrifying. Oh, it's awful. Do you but suggest saying, just ask directly? But I'm saying, it, see, what we don't know the context. So, and we're again assuming that's what I'm you. saying. If she, if this is a queer person writing in, right? If they're gay and they um, know that their friend is not, and this is like never going to happen. Yeah, that's a whole other. That's a whole another well, animal. But I would say this: uh, there's, it's, if you want to kind of flow chart it, there's two ways it, that would be here. So either, so this person has a crush on their friend, right? This person is scared that if the crush is unrequited, he or she may not be able to maintain their friendship with their friend. That becomes, that's on you. Like, that's your issue. Because, so it comes Mm -hmm. down to, A, have you made your feelings known to your friend or not? Okay? If you have, then you've gotten a response. If the response is no, you've got to respect that. Yeah. And that's and and there isn't like a, a a prize for persistent or oh she said no but I'll eventually wear her down or when no. No 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 no. Yeah. Right? This goes for anyone dating by the way. Yeah. Yeah. If any a woman gender, tells you no, man tells you no. Any tells you gender, leave them the fuck alone. any sexual yeah. persuasion. If you've made it, you know, and it takes a lot of guts to put your 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 Feelings heart on the line there, and say, yeah, "Hey, listen, I'm really into you." And she'll like say, "Hey, you know what? I like you. I'm just don't like you that way." Okay, you heard it. Done. You know, here's and the now you be friends with her, and if you can't get over that, and you can't, then that's on you, and that's actually <clears throat> a flaw in your character. I would actually say that because it, it can be painful, but you should have enough substance in your relationship or, or, or from hanging out yeah. and being friends that the friendship should weather that. Now, if you haven't said it yet, and you're all pins and needles, and you're like, "I'm scared to let my friend know I've got a crush," that's a different thing, and I understand that trepidation, and that is hard. Yeah, my. My one thing is that, like, I wonder how often it actually works out that one friend says to another, like, I have a crush on you, and it's actually, like, it works out. Because in my experience, in general, like, if two people are interested in each other, like, there's an energy there. Like, it just exists, and, like, if it's, like, you know, maybe it's unspoken, but, like, typically there is, like, some sort of energy there between you. Like, you're more excited to hang out than you are with anyone else, or, like... It sounded like from what they wrote, they knew for sure that their friend was not into them. And I wouldn't risk it. I you wouldn't you risk know, telling yeah, if them. You know, well, if you know concretely the friend's not into you. But I don't – but I think the flaw in the logic is that there's an either or. Right. I can't maintain my friendship if my feelings aren't required because th- that's got nothing to do with friendship. Well, I will you say know? it is hard. I mean, though. it's hard. It's no, little... I'm just saying, like, I think that it's, I think it's unrealistic because I've had guys say to me, like, you know, oh, I have feelings for you, and I've done the selfish thing, and I've been like, well, can we just be friends? And expected to go back to hanging out with them like normal, and like it takes time. Like, if someone oh, has a, a lot of feelings, but what was the substance of the friendship? Like, if you only hung out once or twice, yeah, but but that if it's your like good friend, good you know friend, what I mean? Yeah. It's but, like part of you, and it, like the the other distinction I was wanting to make, like, is this person 
is this person picking up on the energy that you're putting out? And yeah. is it making, is it a palpable like weirdness? Because they could just be ignoring it too. Right. They could, yeah. They could tell that or you like Or just be unaware. But there's that, yeah. that. But if they're picking up on it, I think you have to come clean about it. But if they're not, I think you need to like step away for yeah, a little or bit. Yeah, it out a little bit or. Like yeah. process your feelings, date, get interested in other people, spend some time away from them. And then when you're in a good place, you can come back to them and be honest about what happened. And if they're a good friend, they'll totally understand. That's a big part of it. Yeah. I just think allowing that time for like you guys to be apart and to um, to really just to, to find someone else that you're interested in. And that's really the thing is to find someone else you're interested in because it's impossible to just move forward. And it's torture, honestly, for both parties. It's awkward for the person yeah. who knows that this person's like, you know, has feelings for them. And it's terrible for the person. How could it not be terrible for the person that has feelings for you? Like, it's just, it's the worst. But it's there's really also bad. that thing, like that cliche kind of dick guy response of like, I got enough friends. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that's bullshit because then at that point, I always think, yeah, you weren't really friends. Yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? Because, like, in my case, like I said, I, you know, there were women that I was, I was nuts well, about. I mean, that goes back to what I was saying. Is like, it was did clear you? It wasn't going to happen, but I valued my friendship with them. Under yeah. what circumstances did you enter this friendship? Did you become friends with them, hoping that's that they would rule. under? The hope and they would fall for you, or did the friendship come first and then you're like, I've oh my both. god, this person's amazing. I've yeah. had both. You know. And yeah. I've had both and I've had it work in my favor and I've had it not. But I've yeah. had sometimes, you know, the initially meet someone. Sometimes when we initially meet someone, the attraction is there right away on at least on your end. Yeah. You know, and then and then you're hanging out and spending time and then you're maybe hoping they'll see it that way, but you don't, you know, and you don't necessarily make your feelings felt right away. But I you know, I hopefully I'm not a rarity, but I mean I, I can read the fucking room, you know? Yeah. And I can when it's clear and it didn't even have to be actually like overtly said or or have to be a rebuffed past made or something like that i could read the room and i've had the opposite i had a thing where i was friends for a long time and then then my friend actually started feeling the same way about me and we actually you know lived together for a couple of years so i mean you never know you know it's tough because like but i wasn't pushing it every day you know i wasn't right. making it uncomfortable i let it come to me you know yeah <laughs> well the only thing that's like tough about that is like you also don't want to be the person that's like hey this isn't a date you know what i mean like you don't want to be the friend that's like trying to cut it off either because no matter what you look presumptuous even yeah. if, even if you are right and yeah. they were like going for something <laughs> and else. you have to be secure in yourself and you can't let like all your feelings of jealousy bubble up which is really hard to control that's a you know and you can't like start getting yeah. like all pissy if like she's that's when else. you know you're fucked yeah. it's like that's as a girl i have to say that's like what scared me is when i've been friends with someone and they've started to be like oh well like have you hooked up with so-and-so it's like first of all none of your fucking business but secondly like it's none of your business like why you know and no don't get salty about like other people that she's hooking up with that, well, that's she wasn't what it gets, in you. It gets yeah. scary because it's like you do you think you have like ownership yeah, over exactly me or something thing. and it brings out a lot of ugliness in people mm-hmm. male it and does. female but you, I think ideally, it's like, oh, you fuck all these people, but you won't fuck me. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah. And, then, and then, what are you, what are you saying about the person if you say that to them? Yeah, that, yeah. You, that, so they're not they're your friend. They're like a fuck doll. Or well, that's the thing you know? is yeah. a lot of like insults come out, like whether they realize it or not. Sometimes these guys, like when they like, you've been stringing me along. Yeah, or, or just or, like you're a shitty, yeah. you know, like you're a shitty person. It's like, well, you've been an extra nice person because you thought that, that I was going to be your girlfriend. So like every nice, yeah, and then, and every then, single nice thing you ever did for them was under this like fake guise of like hoping to garner romance. Well, that's yeah. the thing. If you want to get into philosophy, it's like the it wasn't genuine friendship like i like the categorical imperative with manual kant right yeah the whole thing is like it's not enough to do 
the right a good thing or a nice thing you have to be doing the good thing for the right reason because right. if you're just doing it because you're hoping to get something out of it then you're running a long con that's right. not sincere so it's like if 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 all the nice things I you wish did I run a long con. yeah if all the nice <laughs> things you did for this girl were predicated on thinking that was going to win her over and you weren't just really doing it out of friendship you were doing it because she'll owe me or she'll be obligated to me that's fucked up. Yeah. yeah. So you got to kind of, I think, do some soul searching. It's terrifying. And decide, does this friendship have value to you? And if, You need space. Yeah. And if and if she didn't want to be with you, would you people. still want to be friends? <laughs> yeah. I can see where you might say it's hard for you to be friends, but if you make it in either or, I can't be friends with you, then you might be missing out on a good friendship that could last your whole life. Totally. You absolutely. Know? Yeah. And also people like, I have to say that like- Lines I've drawn in the sand when I was younger, like I've pretty much always come to regret them in some capacity because I'd be like, no, never, never again in my life. And then on the other side of like six years, I'm like, oh, they weren't that bad. Like there's no reason to be like never again, you know, like you don't have to draw such hard lines either. I find that that's something like I yeah. did a lot when I was younger. I'd be like never. And like I can't imagine now being 40 and still like harboring some of those resentments yeah. or not being friends with those people because of this or that, you know. And it depends on the other person because there are some people who like having the attention and they 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 do kind of string people along a little bit. That is a personality that is a personality type. Yeah. So it, it, you know. Yeah. And there can be blurred lines and situations. And then you can also have people who are really graceful about it yeah. and then are just like, okay, I understand that you're going through this and you need space to deal with it and that I'll always be your friend. I mean, hopefully I'll, your friend is like the latter. I'll give you a kind of embarrassing example. But this was one where it was blurred. There was a friend I had and I was kind of into her. I mean, it was, she was very attractive. And one night we're, I don't know, we're hanging out at her place and we were going out and and we ended up like getting tired. She said, no, come sleep on my bed with me. You know? So I'm thinking that was like kind of an invitation an invitation, and we're, and we're kind of spooning or whatever and just kind of asleep. And when I wake up, I, I start trying to kiss her and she goes, what are you doing? And I said like, what do you think I'm doing? And she said, don't do that. And I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's all it took. She just said, don't do that. I went, okay. And I didn't push it and we're still friends. You yeah. Know what I mean? some, but some yeah. dudes push it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I always am very clear, especially when it's like you crash my bed because I have a king bed. I never know what's going on on the other side of my bed. Yeah, your bed is like the uh, size of the entire room. Right. It's huge. <laughs> it's like the I call it big Wags's big square. But um, I I will always say like, but this is not that. Yeah. And like, don't touch me and like, don't come near me. And I also have Wags who will bite. He bites me for moving in the bed. So I'm not. But I do always like say very clearly if it's ever like letting a guy for a crash, like this is not. Don't go there. And you also just have to learn how to like take take the hand. Would judge you. People would judge you for even inviting them in the bed in the first place. Yeah, sure. Maybe. Which is shitty. But I, I, and I didn't think in this case that my friend was leading me on or anything. It was just one of those sort of gray area. And, yeah, and I, we're drunk. We're going to crash. Like, and I found I'd rather out. rather do that than a friend get a yeah, DUI. I made a, a slight pass. I got rebuffed. And I was like, okay, cool. Great. Yeah. You know? Now we have a bed. I have a bed in my living room, so that doesn't happen. <laughs> my friend Logan's staying here right now, so we moved the day bed inside and put like a big comfy mattress on it. I'm kind of like happy that no matter who's here, they could crash downstairs. But it's yeah. really important to be able to hear the word no in all forms. Yeah, I mean that's that's sacrosanct, and I think that is the lesson for you, uh, caller. Well, this person already knows that the person's not into them. Well, then you so, have to be able to accept that. Yeah, yeah, know? I wouldn't push it. I would really just be afraid of making my friend uncomfortable. And if they asked why, like I had kind of been removing myself or withdrawing myself a little bit, I would just be like, honestly, like because 
Like I'm feeling feelings. you yeah. and it's not going to, and I know that you don't and that's okay, but I just like can't be around you all the time. Yeah, right you can, now. you can be provisionally say, yeah, I have feelings for you. I need a little time to get over it, but I do want to be your friend. It's not an either or. I think yeah, making I it an either or is, 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 I think a, is you, a bullshit like, power move, I think. I think yeah. people have a, uh, have trouble seeing how you can be both, how you can have yeah. both feelings of like loving someone as a friend, but also being in love with them. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course. But um, they come from the same wellspring in a lot yeah. of ways, you know? And and I think that... Hopefully your friend will understand that. Yeah. And and making it an either or, because it's one, a terrible thing to do is to make someone feel guilty for not reciprocating your feelings. Like that's a real asshole thing to do too. Like, yeah. like, like, Oh yeah, we don't have a friendship now because you didn't share my feelings for me. That's you being a dick to your friend. Yeah. Because life. your friend just likes who she likes. Yeah. And sometimes that's, that just happens. It's out of control. And, and she could think you're a wonderful person, but just not see you that way. And now she should be made to feel like shit because of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's right. fucked up too. Or be like, Oh, well our friendship's now over. What did I do? You know? Yeah. I mean, don't do that. Don't be that guy or that girl. Don't be that person. Okay, let's take our next call. Hey, Molly. My name's Allison. I am from Kentucky. I am currently on a road trip uh, getting ready to move to California. I'm an occupational therapist. Um, My question for you is what should I look forward to or make an effort to see um once i get to california i'll be living in temecula so a little ways away from la about an hour and a half i think from san diego but anyway i'm just looking for fun things to do and like must sees uh once i get out to california so if you could give me some advice bye okay well first of all i want to say that like Cool. Congratulations on moving here. I do want to say, though, that like people, I think sometimes underestimate how little people in LA know about things outside of LA. Like someone uh, was in my DMs the other day asking me, like, do you know if you could smoke in Laguna Beach? Like, I have no fucking clue if you could smoke at Laguna Beach. Like, I live in Glendale. Like, even at, at best, I've been to Long Beach like a handful of times. There, there was a great tweet that was like, it was like quoting, pretending to quote someone who was visiting LA. They're like, "Hey, I'm in Redondo Beach, and I would love to meet with you at five o'clock." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, one of the things is that far. Pe- pe- I know people don't realize that LA is fucking huge. Yeah, it's like the size of some states. It's also LA just County. like hey, I'm staying in Santa Monica. Do you want to meet me at six? Yeah, and and LA County is even huger, and then. Just SoCal in general, which most people associate with LA, they just think anything Southern California is LA, is again the size of most, you know, bigger than most states. Right. You know, um, I mean, and our callers from Kentucky, I mean, in Kentucky, you're right on the border of Ohio, you're right on the border of yeah, Indiana. Kentucky you can go, like, you can go see a bunch, you know, that's basically take that region of all those different states that you, that border on your, your state, that's like, Southern California, you know what yeah. I mean. So it's kind of like saying, "Well, what should I do in Indiana? What should I do in Ohio? What, you know?" But that said, <laughs> I have a theory Sorry, on this. I'm laughing for I, totally. Oh, hey, I'm in, I'm staying in Anaheim. Do you want to meet up? Yeah. So I think one of the important things is if you move to a place, you no. want to find the quintessence of the place, right? So what is the quintessence of Southern California? It's the beach and stuff, right? right. So the first thing you want to do is like you've been living in, in the Midwest. You want to come out. 
Get yourself, you know, you're not going to be living near the beach. I but- was going to say she should join Malibu Wines because, like, she could. No, I'm not, I'm not even <laughs> that's kidding. That's really she fucking could, far from Pemecula. But she could draw, you know, like, that's your quarterly just to, drive just, up. Just and- go to the beach. Go to the beach down yeah. in San Diego, has the most beautiful beaches in the oh, world. Yeah. You know, the whole region in between San Diego and Orange County, there's San Clemente, all there's these the mission that's like in between yeah. Temecula. So, the first and thing LA. is just give yourself like a beach day. Yeah. Right? Just give yourself a day to just go really enjoy being by the beach. Enjoy the sea air. Enjoy like being able to like jump in the water, be in the sand. Totally. You can do that anywhere along the coast of California. And that's like what people come to California for initially, right? Yeah. Now Temecula, I guess you're I closer. Have a rec. I have a rack. Oh, you do? Go for it. Okay, so you guys know how I love my YouTube Christian families. <laughs> God. Oh, right on. Yeah, go well, for it. Well, one of my YouTube Christian families likes this restaurant in Temecula called Goat and Vine. And if you go to Goat and Vine and you have a good experience, I might I might come down and meet you for dinner if you want to go. Hells yeah. Yeah. If but I will only want to go because of my YouTube Christians, obviously to meet you as well. But you have to tell me how Goat and Vine is because it's their favorite restaurant. I have a feeling it's probably just okay. That's a good deal. So you go once and then you report to malls and then she'll come meet you yeah. if it's I would love if you need a friend. I'll come meet you. Shut up, Christina. <laughs> um, okay, what else, what else were you going to say? Well, well, gonna, oh, you go. oh, yeah. I was going to say, well, you probably already know that Temecula has some really great wine tasting wineries and it's just general, like a cute, cute little town that I like to pop over to every once in a while. Sandy, you'll be really close to San Diego. San Diego, San Diego is has so awesome. many great things. San, like, I like San Diego better than LA in a lot of ways. I mean, there's like <laughs> yeah. nicer things to do there. It's very like it's it's a little bit more like old. It seems older. It has, seems like it has more history than LA, yeah, which I may mean, or may not be the, the case. This is going to sound cliche because it's the touristy thing. The San Diego Zoo is so awesome. Yeah. It is the. I mean, unless you have like a unless you're a member of PETA or something and you have an issue with like animals being in zoos, <laughs> they just look so. Soft. It is the most awesome zoo on earth it's huge yeah. and it's like oh, you could spend days there and it's just beautiful and the surroundings so go to the san diego zoo san diego itself is really cool there's a great downtown area i mean yeah. the baseball park there is gorgeous yeah and you can just get there really easily by streetcar or something there's like it's just right in the center of the city there's like the Gas lamp district is really. I mean, it's yeah, just, the gas lamp district yeah. is really, really. And then cool. there's all these kind of. Yeah. Beach you can towns. see uh, Kamala Devi's improv trooper. Yes, Christina. Yes, polyamory married and dating. My favorite show. And a little so north good. of San Diego is where all the college towns are, and yeah. they're all kind of beachy. So UCSD is down there. Uh, uh, San, San Diego State. I mean, like that stuff's down around there. There's a lot of like clubs and bars and things but it's just but if you're exploring like if you want to explore all that california has to offer i mean there's so many great day trips you can take away like santa barbara you can go up to mac you can go up to um you know big sur i don't know how the driving conditions are there now and and, uh in relation to temecula because my christians my christians like this place called the taco stand it's at 642 south coast highway and it's it's four and it's five hours from here. I've thought about driving, but that's closer to Temecula. And there's a beautiful in San Diego. It's called Balboa Park, and it's kind of like the West Coast equivalent of Central Park in New York. It's just mm-hmm. giant and sprung and beautiful, and it's just like all it's great. La Jolla so, is really gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. and the other thing, nice this playhouse is a, out there if you oh, want to watch great. a lot of. Um, Shows before they go to Broadway yep. will um, be at the La Jolla Playhouse. And the other big Southern California thing that people don't give enough credit for is I was talking beach. We were talking beach. California's got this great thing where you are 
you are kind of within driving distance of pretty much any kind of climate you want. So if you want to go like, a, you know, an hour west, you got the beach. You want to go an hour inland, you've got like beautiful like forests and woods and like, you know, like the, what's the big national forest that's down, down. South. Like kind of a little southeast, you know. But anyway, be with that. you can go. Right. <laughs> there's, there's. There's snow. Joshua you get a little Tree. inland. Yeah, you get a little inland. Yeah, there's desert, beautiful desert stuff. You go, you can, you could go on any given day. You could go like to the beach. Palm you could Springs. go to the woods. You yeah. could go to the desert, or you could go do snow stuff because there's like big elevated mountains with snow caps. And sometimes even like in the spring, you'll see this beautiful blue clear day, but you'll see snow on the tops of the mountains. And if you wanted to go skiing, you could. You I, know? Yeah, I have a friend that's in Yosemite right now and just looks so beautiful at this time of year. So there's yeah. so much so to make sure you got California. a car with good mileage on yeah, it. Yeah, that's the truth is you got to have a great car. Be, don't be afraid to drive a couple hours each way, but you'll find a, a, a litany of things to do and especially nice like weekend excursions and things like that. And don't be afraid to like leave your immediate surroundings. And I think you'll enjoy yourself. And welcome to California. Welcome to yeah, Cali. Welcome. Congratulations. Okay. Do we have any more calls? Are we all good? We are all good. You guys, thank you so much for listening to episode 163. of 166. 166. Fuck of Please Advise. I am very <laughs> happy to be here. By the way, we haven't done an update on our like surprise for Fire News. I was thinking that the other day. We have to make sure that that's still going to happen. If the one that we really wanted to initially do is not going to happen anymore, which I think we could hopefully still It got like, happen. it was supposed to be happening earlier and then it got moved back which is why we have an announcement we We asked our audience to drive us up to 500 reviews on the apple podcast store for the new year and they did they they did what we showed the fuck up thank you please advise nation please advise nation and continue to show up please i love them yeah (laughs) exactly we've been traveling a lot we've been having a lot of personal stuff happening where we couldn't consistently deliver shows and you guys are still showing up for us and and we have a bunch of new people from my favorite murder that found us through the lifetime podcast so thank you for sticking through it hey to you new guys as well and please go leave a review an apple podcast um this is a patreon this is a patreon free podcast we do this like just for the love of the game and that's it um doesn't mean we won't ever get a patreon but what we what we really (laughs) ask you to uh, help us out with besides you know helping out our sponsors if you like if you like what we're selling uh, we love it when you uh, support us via our sponsors but if not the iTunes store is like the best way or sorry Apple Podcasts is the best way I always fuck it up you guys have a great (laughs) week thank you so much Jim Jim where can people find you online do you want people to find you online you're you're good on that okay Well, Jim Gibson, you guys, a great guy, a great friend to uh, the podcast, to both of us, and Wagon Stuff. Have a great day. You Have a great day. Wags? Wags, you want to say goodbye? Ow. No. Well, now he's quiet. Oh. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye, Wags. Barking like crazy earlier. You're being all quiet, honey. <laughs> <laughs>